This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a show about all things edible, spreadable, and pourable with me, your host, Dirk Diggler, and... Me, your ghost, Louie Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Well, as though this hasn't already been said enough lately, we just keep losing treasured celebrities. It is treasured. It is a fucking epidemic. And not treasured. Yeah, that's true. Who didn't you treasure? You well, didn't like Louie Anderson. Grace. No, I liked Louie Anderson. What's what's people? What, what can anyone say about him that was bad? I don't know. Nothing. I love him too. Remember Life with Louie? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. The TV show, the old one? Yeah, exactly. But also, he was on that show, Blankets, I think it was called. With <laughs> oh, Zach- Baskets. Baskets. Not Michael Blankets. Jackson's child. <laughs> where he played like Zach Galifianakis' mom. And that yes. show is fucking weird, and I liked it. I actually haven't even seen it, but somehow I know the correct name of it. It is not blankets, a show about stacks and stacks of blankets, keeping you warm this winter on the WB. I was like literally thinking of that show yesterday and I was like, blankets doesn't seem right, but what other name can it be? Not no, that's baskets. it. It's blankets. <laughs> <laughs> you were right. It's a thriller about a blanket salesman on the run. <laughs> <laughs> blanket salesman <laughs> oh my god nicole i'm having maybe earth's most annoying day earlier mm. this morning i got out of the shower i went to go put a little bit of vitamin e on my face and the bottle slipped out of my hands which things like that really set me over the edge things falling out of my hands or something <laughs> getting snagged on something i can't take it um so I said, motherfucker. And then I picked it back up. It slipped out of my hands again, but spat up and smushed vitamin E oil all over my mirror, which is by far the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there's no way to get it off. I think Windex will get it off. Just no, that. it doesn't. Windex just smears it into a thick paste. So then I like, <laughs> and then, so then I like washed it with soap and then like dried it. Then Windexed it. Again, more paste. And my mirror is ruined. I'm going to have to get a new apartment. You have to move away. Well, I, okay, I drop stuff all the time in my bathroom. And I have, like, a hard tile floor, not, like, a soft carpeted bathroom like most people have. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You don't have a ball pit in your bathroom? Although I do, when I was a kid growing up, our bathroom was carpeted. And it appeared to Was it really? Yeah, it seemed to cause no problems whatsoever. But whatever. That's um, heinous. <laughs> That's unreasonable. I know, but it's like nice to get out of the shower and have the carpet there to warm up your tootsies. I guess, but, but it's not nice when like pee from like some dumb dude sprays onto the carpet and never comes this out. This was an all female household. It was my mom and my sister and I. So there was no male peeing. Fair. Before you continue with the story, I just want to mention that at the fucking Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn, they have a carpeted bathroom, which is beyond huh. me. That's fascinating. I. Ooh. My grandparents had a carpeted kitchen, which seems that's wacky more too. like the highway to the danger zone to me, but whatever. Um, that's wacky. I don't have carpet in my bathroom or my kitchen currently, but I do have a lot of shit in glass bottles in my medicine cabinet. And like, mm-hmm. I have broken now like five of them 
because they slip out of my hand and they shatter on my tile floor. So at least that didn't happen to you. Well, look what else happens to me. <laughs> look, <laughs> look at my voice. Also in my bathroom, I have a very, very small bathroom, but it has like a long, as you've seen, it has like a long kind of vanity area, mm-hmm. despite its tiny size and like a little kind of like glass shelves in the corner between the vanity and sink and the shelves, there's a empty hollow space, which is yes. made for things to disappear in. Mm-hmm. And it's too deep to like even reach in there with a pair of tongs. So when something slips out of my hands, it does break, but it breaks in the back in this little junk area, which has now become like a bottle and deodorant graveyard. And it really <laughs> bothers me. Sometimes I wake up like, cause you know, I'm OCD about cleaning, but it's just like one area I really can't clean. And yeah, you can't clean down there. I have tampons like, there's down there. Yeah, no you can't. access. No access. No, there's hair, there's glass, there's needles, baggies of drugs. Just kidding. But it's well, very dark. The previous occupants. Yeah. Well, don't ever want to shine a light down there because you just don't want to do that. Exactly. It's very dangerous. I need to get one of those things that like those covers that um, go between the crack and your and your. Uh, between the oven and the counter, mm-hmm. but like 10 of them and just put it over there. Just use duct tape, maybe. That would look kind of cute. <laughs> that would be this, <laughs> silver shiny. So what else is going on with you? How are you? We have to like kind of hustle today because I'm an old woman and had an issue downloading Chrome onto my new computer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I burnt up a lot of our time just like swearing. Like, how do I download this Chrome? My other fucking computer just like won't turn on. Now I sound like I'm rich. Like I just have multiple computers. My other <laughs> computer is haunted. It's from my dad. It's from like 800 years ago. And I just use it to watch like movies on. And now it's dead. Like him. <laughs> now they're both dead. <laughs> Finally, they've both achieved death. They can join each other. I'm going to go try to throw this computer in the in, in the water over at Moses Beach and hope that it doesn't wash back on shore like my dad's ashes did. Uh, <clears throat> yes. Well, I'm fine. Um, as you asked a long time ago. Um, yeah, like hours ago. <laughs> I went to the gym today, which is a major accomplishment. And nice. I know it sounds shocking to New Yorkers that someone would go to the gym during COVID, but well, I have to go. So <laughs> if I don't go, I will, my brain will eat itself alive and I can't do cardio outside when it's only one. I just can't do it. Totally. Did you pump iron? No, I've just been doing some jogging. It's really the cardio that I need for my brain. Definitely. I'm doing a little bit of body weight exercises in my home, but I just like need to kind of like jog for a little bit or ride the stationary bike if all the treadmills are too full of covid people. Absolutely. Um, so I go during the day on weekdays and it's not, it hasn't been too crowded so far. So we will Well, see. that's great. I just recently got a balaclava, not to be confused with a tray of baklava for my face when I go running because it's so freezing here and I do like mm-hmm. to run outside. So I'm now going to be fully wrapped up in balaclava. Let me tell you, folks, I love this balaclava and I like <laughs> to say balaclava. And I'm curious, you know, Action Bronson, his Instagram name, is it Bamba Baklava or Bamba balaclava i have no idea i don't follow that person on instagram you don't follow that person do you know who he is have you heard the comic stylings of action bronson doesn't he have like a cooking show or something 
I think he might, I think he has a cooking show. Now we sound really old, like <laughs> really old well, and he's stupid like and boring. Oh, he's I know, age. but the way we're talking about it is very, saying, very annoying. <laughs> it's fine that we don't know about a middle-aged guy that's semi-famous 20 years that's ago. That's true. I did see him once at a restaurant and I was shocked about how short he was. So now I'm being high-dust. I'm sorry. Well, he was probably shocked by how tall you were. Um, <laughs> he's like, oh my God, I never expected her to be such a giantess. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, luckily for our time, there's not much in the news about Ben and Jen. Um, only that cafemom.com says that they're going to get engaged soon, which must be true. Let's hope and- so. Did she keep their original engagement ring or do you think she sold it or what do you think happened? Or did she like she get back po- to him? I hawked it. Yeah. He was like, no, I want you to keep this. I love you, Jen. Or was he like, <laughs> no, yeah, I'll take this back. You're richer than I am. Cause you I don't have know. Both the acting and the singing and I only have the acting. That's true. Hopefully he doesn't have any singing. Oh my God. Imagine he starts to sing and he no. does a singing album, <laughs> a singing album. <laughs> a singing well, that would be better than a rap album. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> What if he drops a fucking rap record with Action Bronson, the two of them? One's tall, one's small, one's fat, one's skinny, one's got red hair, one's brown. It's crazy. I, it's one's coming hair soon. hair is brown, not their brown. No, no, his of course his hair is brown. He's very white. We mm-hmm. know that. Um, yeah. But yeah, back to Ben's rap record. Um, no, but let's hope he doesn't start. Let's hope he doesn't start singing or rapping or doing anything. <laughs> I don't know what happens to engagement rings, and I'll probably never find out because uh, I'm me. I'm tragically single. Or wonderfully well, single. I kind of like it. Tragic comically single. I'm like the sad clown. You're like a dark comedy. <laughs> I'm like punch drunk love as a human being. Right, but not in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he had like two relationships in that movie, if I remember. Um, okay, well, let's talk about our topic. Great, let's fucking do it. Um, I decided this week we should do a revisit. Oh, there's a car alarm going off outside. Perfect. Everyone. This is this fucking podcast is like cursed today. Would you agree? It's mildly yeah. funny at best. I've been stuttering a lot. I was late. Now there's a car alarm. Do you guys are you guys even still listening? I'm still listening, but God, it's the person who's parked at the church across the street too, so he's never gonna come out. It's like Oh my minister. god, maybe it's God. <laughs> are you there, God? It's me, car alarm. <laughs> okay, phew, okay, they turned it off. Thank, thank the Lord, literally. Um, okay, so I wanted to do food and music, which we have done before many, many moons ago. Um, Pre-COVID, it was a different time. Um, and so I wanted to revisit that in honor of our fallen anti-vaxxer meatloaf. So I'm doing <laughs> a topic on meatloaf this week. And I got all of my information from my favorite kind of article, which is both poorly researched and poorly written. Um, nice. Is it I in think, New York times? <laughs> I think it makes for, uh, no, but I just saw a fucking article. Someone posted the headline in the failing New York times. That's like, the epidemic of people quitting and they said oh i know i saw that there's not much that supervisors can do to stop this quitagion and i was like (laughs) 
what the <laughs> fuck is going on? I guess they could give people health insurance and a livable wage. That would be uh, a start. To help the quitagion that's just, yeah, that's just rampant spreading. and spreading. Dear God. Oh. I was like, how is this allowed to be in here? It's not even funny. I hate it's you guys so much. And you're so rich. Terrible. You went yep. to like Brown or something. Okay. So not that I think the journalists are rich, but you know, their parents are. So <laughs> meatloaf. And I'm sorry that we're talking about an anti-vaxxer. Um, I'm talking, you know, this comes from a place of love from before I found out he was an anti-vaxxer, which was when he died. So I, also, it's not my fault. <laughs> we can love anti-vaxxers. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You have to look, you have to separate the artist from the art. <laughs> Uh, yeah so i'm sorry if this is triggering but i'm going to talk about me though um so this fucking article is the stupidest i couldn't even follow it but it has so much random bullshit in it that it was like the perfect thing so he died at the age of 74 as we all know he bravely died of covid to prove a point of some kind. Um, I don't know what the point was. But uh, <laughs> his real name is Michael Lee Aday or Aday. I don't know. It's A-D-A-Y. I don't know how to say that. Are you saying his birth name, his Christian name, his Christian Carlarm name is not Meatloaf? Correct. Damn it. Um, and so the first bit of information we have here is, well, for, what we learn is that Meatloaf likes to make up stories. So half of this could be true, but it's really hard to prove because it was the 70s. Um, his mom died of cancer when he was 19, and he was understandably very bummed out by this. Um, and he mm. allegedly, according to him, grabbed her dead body at the funeral home and screamed, you can't have her to the poor undertakers who were just there to do their job um and then shortly after that his dad tried to stab him with a knife and meatloaf broke his dad's nose and his ribs and left home completely barefoot and never returned whoa that's a very <clears throat> traumatic upbringing for poor meatloaf yeah, totally um and his that's dad like was a turkey meatloaf yeah <laughs> I feel like it's more like beef and pork because turkey meatloaf seems like it would have a polite, kind, neat, boring upbringing, right? That's true. It's more like a when your husband, you have like a husband who goes, goes hunting and he's like, I brought home a whole bear. We're going to have to eat it. And so four <laughs> months later, you have to make like a bear meatloaf. Yeah. Four months later. Okay. Just pull it out of the freezer. Um, I guess you have to definitely have like a second freezer for the whole bear, right? Definitely. And like a smoking curing station like Laura Ingalls Wilder had, I'm assuming, too. I yes, I was talking about Laura Ingalls Wilder when I said that. <laughs> also canceled. Um, so May they rest he, in peace together. <laughs> um, Meatloaf, the man, claims that his singing voice comes from someone throwing a 12-pound shot at his head. So I don't know what a shot is. I'm assuming it's like shot put. Like, it's one of those balls that you shot put around? Because what else would a 12-pound shot be? I was thinking, like, a big shot glass that was 12 pounds with r rum in it. Uh, yes. Uh, no. A 12-pound shot glass. Um, <laughs> which, speaking of which, I do have a bat out of hell shot glass, and I don't know if I'm allowed to Are you serious? Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Do you I know that, like, the first time... Uh, that I like kind of came to consciousness around what acting was 
or like the fact that there was movies or television that was like separate from real life uh-huh. was watching the bat out of hell video when I was like seven or something. I don't know. <laughs> 1992, I guess it came out. So I well, was that's like, actually bat out of hell too. eight. Oh, okay. Well, whatever the one where all the candles are or whatever. Yeah. It's, I would do anything. I would do for anything love. for love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was watching that and I was like, what the hell's going on? Why does this man look like a beast? And my mom was like, <laughs> this is a music video. It's not real. <laughs> I was like, but they, they seem so in love. <laughs> She's like, you are not very smart. Um, <laughs> to put you in the home. Um, okay. So they threw someone threw a 12 pound shot at his head, whatever that may be. Um, and he said it didn't knock him out, but it did put a dent in his head. And shortly afterwards, he tried out for the school choir, as one does, <laughs> and uh, had a three and a half octave vocal range, which had not been present before. So, wow. Whether or not this is true cannot be proven. It's a great story um, either way. Yeah. Uh, he also claims that he had his first threesome at the age of 11 in his mom's car. And then he later admitted that it was just a makeout session, but that's still a threesome, Meatloaf says. And I say, fine, sure, it is, technically. Yeah, like pork, <laughs> beef, and veal is a threesome in your meatloaf, in the perfect meatloaf. Um, he <laughs> moved to Los Angeles at some point and worked as an actor. He was in Rocky Horror, obviously. Um, but his big hit came in 1977 when he released Bat Out of Hell, which went on to sell 43 million copies. Wow, that's like a lot of copies. It's one of the top-selling albums of all time. It's a, it's a pretty great record, <clears throat> I have to be honest. Um, there's also Then the article moves on to give an unpleasantly breezy account of how he... So you know the song Paradise by the Dashboard Light, obviously, is mm-hmm. a duet. Um, so the woman who sang it with him went on tour with them. And there was a one time when he made out with her on stage against her will. Um, or at least she had no idea it was coming. I don't know if she was into it, but it's How could way, she be? It's not Milo. okay. <laughs> He's a bat out of hell. He also threw a steel mic stand at her and also threw her off of stage. They're like, mm. you know, it's no big deal because he tortured himself just as much. He oh. had to have oxygen after multiple performances because he pushed himself too much. And I'm like, this is not... Okay, first of all, <laughs> just because you torture yourself does not mean that it's okay for you to torture someone else. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's like fucking torturing 101, am I right? Yeah, that is what, you know, in woke culture, we know that now. <laughs> um, and she also, there's a quote I read from her later, and she was like, there was not a more tortured soul in the universe or something. And I was like, well, yeah, because he threw you off stage. You have to say that. But um, uh, she Hello. lived from being thrown off the stage, apparently. Um, oh, my Lord. He wasn't really prepared for the fame that he got from that album. And so he wasn't really, like, he started doing drugs, and touring really got to him. And a tale is old of time, really. Uh he decided to start a concert in, with speeches instead of a performance one time. Mm. And the band was booed off stage. And so he <laughs> trashed his dressing room. <laughs> and oh, then, meatloaf. then he immediately fell off stage and broke his leg. Uh oh, um, that's a spicy meatloaf. <laughs> and did the, did the tour. Um, <laughs> and I just want to read this quote from this wonderful article Furious. 
devastated and high off cocaine, the singer suffered a nervous breakdown and threatened to throw himself off of a building. All of this is in the year 1977, by the way. Um, by 1978, despite all of this, he was one of the highest profile performers on planet Earth, according to his article. Wow. Um, the band struggled with touring. There was lots of drugs and infighting. Um, however, he also met his first wife, Leslie, a secretary for Bearsville Records. We have to just assume that he was on this record label. They don't tell us anything. We have to infer a lot. I don't know why he was at Bearsville Records. I have sure. to assume they were <clears throat> his record label, but who knows? I wonder um, if Bearsville Records is, you know how like the band uh, always recorded and they have like a recording studio in Bearsville between Woodstock and Phoenicia. I wonder oh, if it's the same record label. Perhaps. Um, so yeah, he met her at, she's a secretary for Bearsville Records. He proposed to her one month later at the Bear Cafe. Yeah, is that, the Bear Cafe. Uh-huh. Yep. That's, so that's the it, same record label. Okay. Yes, it's owned by Levon Helm. Or was, okay. because now he's also a ghost. I guess they're together right now. Maybe. With Laura Ingalls Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> Holding hands and singing Kumbaya. Um, so the first Bad Out of Hell album was produced by Todd Rund... Todd Rundgren. Rundgren? Todd Rundgren, who sucks in the city. Uh, Rundgren. 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 The G is is both silent and not silent at the same time. It's a soft G (laughs) is what you want to say. Exactly, Um, yes. Todd Rundgren produced that first album and recalls that when Meatloaf got down on one knee to propose to his future wife, Leslie, he, instead of a ring, had a whole giant salmon. (laughs) <laughs> and this Good lady was like sure and this lady she put her was, hand in it <laughs> she was like okay fine well this man is wealthy i guess i gotta go for this i'm just a secretary at bearsville records what did they do with the salmon unclear huh um then they moved to stanford connecticut and had a daughter so meatloaf just like moved to stanford connecticut of all places, he just went fucking mainstream. How interesting. Yeah. And then they a had a daughter. in hell. <laughs> and he, they had a daughter in 1981, and he's just, like, literally, like, coaching her softball team and shit. Sick. Um, okay. In 2001, though, that marriage collapsed. But that seems like a good run, because they got married in, like, 1978. So that's Absolutely. plenty. It's good enough for me. Um, <laughs> two out of three ain't bad or something. Somehow. Sure. There's a joke there. <laughs> <laughs> we will not find it today, folks. Um, but traveling back in time to the 70s, Meatloaf had a mental block that prevented him from singing for many years, apparently. And this contributed to his financial ruin and bankruptcy in 1983. This article, or this, yeah, there's a quote from the article. His road to financial hell was paved with poor money management and expensive lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that he turned to coaching softball during this difficult time when it really got him through. So I think that's kind of adorable. Very nice. Um, by 1987, he is back, though, participating in a truly shocking television show called UK's Royal Knockout, where literal members of the royal family and celebrities dress up like knights, minstrels, and squires, and damsels, and they have to, like, knock each other over. And it had 18 million viewers. Really? 
During this show, Meatloaf claims that he shoved Prince Andrew into a moat, but no footage exists, so <laughs> it's unclear if that happened. But, you know, as we all know, Prince Andrew shouldn't be shoved in a moat. He can't um, catch a break, poor Prince Andrew. First, he's shoved <laughs> in a moat by Meatloaf. Next thing, he's sexually assaulting young women and uh, hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein, the poor, the poor guy. Am I right? Yeah. And then there's more Meatloaf stuff after 1987, but it's not that interesting. And obviously, he was in Fight Club. But he sold over 100 million records. Um, Bad Out of Hell is one of the best-selling records of all time, along with, like, Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston's records. Um and this other sad thing about, so his name, he changed his name to Michael, but it used to be Marvin. Mm. And the reason he changed it is because there was a Levi's ad when he was in high school. And the Levi's ad literally said, poor fat Marvin can't wear Levi's. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Nothing's really changed except the actual like vernacular around it. And you're still <laughs> yeah. giving the same message. You were just like silently messaging you that, yeah. And then that's all I got. Wow, that's very interesting. So one thing that I'd like to add about Meatloaf is that I, he said publicly in an interview when asked what was the thing you wouldn't do for love, he said get fucked up the ass by like his oh, right. wife wearing like a strap on, which right. I thought was like the, you know, I'm not here to kink shame or anything like that, pro or against doing that whatsoever. I'm just saying that I can't believe that's what that fucking song was about. <laughs> a whole I, video, a bat, candles, a monster, a ghoul. He was like, house. no pegging. He's just like, just like the pegging. Beast. And he's like, and this is what we'll do for the video. I'm going to dress as a beast. <laughs> We're going to get every candle in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Literally every candle in Los Angeles. Um, and I'm also going to ride a motorcycle for unclear reasons. It's so shocking. I mean, but now that you said that he's a, um, a liar, we don't really know what it was about. No, we don't. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and I'm, I have my story when we come back. Okay. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's home of heritage radio network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. And guess what? We're back, just like we promised we would be. Nicole, I also have a best-selling musician for my topic today, which is going to be brought to you by articles from... <clears throat> the New York Times, 
you know it, you hate it. <laughs> the article is by Luke Winky. And uh, also an article from my very favorite website, moneynation.com. Luke Winky? Is he single? Yeah, <laughs> Luke Winky, call us, please. Okay, so I'm going to start you off with a verse from one of this person's most famous songs. <clears throat> As though we couldn't be any fucking older and lamer on this episode. Here we go, folks. It's happening. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater. It's mom's spaghetti. <laughs> That's right, bitch. We're talking about Eminem. <laughs> uh, what are we, the 2019 Oscars or whatever? Yes, exactly. We are bringing you back to the 2019 Oscars where Eminem inexplicably rises from a pile of smoke to haunt us with this song for absolutely no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Marshall Bruce Mathers III is born on October 17th, 1972. That's my ex-boyfriend Luke's birthday. That explains a lot. Known professionally as Eminem, is an American rapper, songwriter, and record producer. Eminem is amongst the best-selling music artists of all time, with a worldwide estimated sale of guess how many records, Nicole? How many records do you think this guy has sold? 74 74 records, that's low. That's a low estimate. 220 million. <laughs> More like More than it. meatloaf? Rude. Dude, he made meatloaf into a meatloaf motherfucking sandwich, okay? Mm. He is credited with popular... P.S., do you, when you make a meatloaf, do you like to put ketchup on top of it and bake it with the ketchup on it? Well, okay. I bet you don't, don't make that many meatloafs, do you? I'm not a meatloaf maker, but I do like the ketchup on top. I feel like that, especially because my stepmom who hopefully will not listen to this episode um and doesn't even know what podcasts are so she doesn't put any salt in her meatloaf so oh, you really none? need no <laughs> no it's and it's it's like the driest meatloaf i've ever had oh no so you have to have a little ketchup on there oh my own well i like ketchup on top of the meatloaf and then i like a meatloaf sandwich on white bread mm-hmm. with ketchup on it as well yeah. I used to get cold meatloaf sandwiches for lunch sometimes, um, like in middle school, and I would get relentlessly teased because they smell like vomit. <clears throat> okay. So he is credited with popularizing hip-hop in middle America and is critically acclaimed as one of the greatest rappers of all time. This is according to a Wikipedia um, page synopsis of Eminem, which we can only assume he's written himself. Um, Eminem says that he has different names to represent. And I'm going to hit you with some Eminem uh, factoids. His three parts of his personality are Slim Shady, which is the name for his temper. Eminem is just him as a rapper. And of course, Marshall Mathers is who he is at the end of the day. What would be the name for your temper? (laughs) Um, like chunky garden style. Oh, Chunky Garden Style. Mine is named Gaborio. (laughs) Okay, before their separation, Eminem's parents were in a band called the Daddy Warbucks, and they would play in Ramada Inns along the Dakota's Montana border, which I would have, I love a good, like, motel band or, like, a dive bar band, so I would have really died to see these folks. Um, To support his mother, Eminem worked as a short order cook at a restaurant called Gilbert's Lodge, and he got fired five days before Christmas on his daughter's birthday, which is when he felt he hit his rock bottom. And shortly after that, he wrote the song Rock Bottom. Um, So what was that about? I I guess it's about like the best day of his life. (laughs) It's just ironically named. Was it a Christmas song? 
It's about his hero, Laura Ingalls Wilder, <laughs> eating a raw bear. Um, so we all know what happened to Eminem in the late 90s and early 2000s. He stole Cage's style and became wildly popular and a millionaire while Cage somehow just drifted into absolute obscurity. And, uh, you know, he did you ever watch like, well, I mean, not did you ever watch? Have you recently watched like clips of like MTV Spring Break? not no no i sometimes do it's so shocking and so weird um and so i watched a little bit for this and just like there was one where eminem was at spring break and he just like looked like he was having the worst time ever he's very pale so he might have been worried (laughs) he was gonna get a sunburn but um also sun is really damaging to bleached hair as well so if you didn't have a good heat protector or like a sun uv protector on Uh it's gonna get brassy well, Eminem had a really good run of it. He did Eight Mile. He was the first um, rap, the first rap singer. I'm going to really lean into my corniness. He was the first rap singer to ever win an Academy Award for um, his song for Eight Mile that he did, and he should have performed back in the day in like 2006 or whatever when it came out, but instead he did it like 17 years later. We don't know why. <laughs> for un- very, as we mentioned before, extremely unclear reasons. He was like, a- don't, don't call it a comeback. This song has been out for years. <laughs> I just, like I read an article about why he did it. And he's like, I don't know. I had a new album coming out and they were like, would you do it? And he's like, sure. And all the rest of us were like traumatized by it. And then all of a sudden it was COVID. It was like one thing after another. We like Eminem appears and then, he was COVID. like a harbinger of doom, but also if he it had was. a new album coming out, why didn't he play a new song? I have no fucking clue. That moment in time, like the Oscars are always so fucking cringy and awful, but I remember that as clearly as like the day my father died, like, or any <laughs> other like big moment in my life. We actually talked about it on the podcast when it happened. We did. And it was hilarious. And you should really go back and listen to that episode. I'm not really sure which one it was, but it was when we were still in the studio, like making fun of COVID as though it was like some stupid thing that would never touch us in any way. But anyway, um, yeah, he's a harbinger of doom. And we basically have the past years, we can blame Eminem for it. Anyway, and this is going to make you laugh. In the year 2003, he was offered the lead role in the movie Elysium. Do you know what that movie is? That is the one by the Fifth Element director guy? Well, guess who ended up being the person they chose when he turned it down? Motherfucking best friend of Action Bronson, (laughs) Matt Damon. (laughs) Wait, so I don't know what Elysium is. That's not what I was thinking. It's like a sci-fi movie. I don't know who directed it, but they wanted to give it to Eminem. They ended up settling for Matt Damon after the second choice, who was Ninja from the South African band Die Antword. What? Yes, Jude. Why would these two bleach blonde people be considered and then Matt Damon, who just is like a natural blonde? I have no idea, but when he was asked about how he felt being so far down the list, Damon said, quote, it's the kind of thing like asking your girlfriend about ex-boyfriends. You don't want to know. But now he does know. So how does he feel? <laughs> I, I don't know. I have no idea. 
Um, okay, so Eminem has famously said he had no idea how to use a computer or the internet. In an interview with MTV, he said, if I learn how, I'm going to be on that bitch all day looking at comments about me and going crazy, which I really respect and makes me wish I never learned to use a computer, which you would have thought might have been true when we were first trying to start this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that you've actually graduated to like knowing how to use a computer, but you know, you are on that bitch all the time. <laughs> this, I am on that bitch all every day. So look, this is only going to be funny to me and you and if anyone else from Brucey is listening but Eminem's agent is named Kara Lewis <laughs> oh really <laughs> which is Friend funny the because, pod, Kara Lewis. because Kara Lewis used to be a cook at Brucey and she was so funny and like quirky and weird and when I thought about her being um the whole time she was Eminem's a- <laughs> manager <laughs> So anyway, uh, one more fun fact right before we jump into a like, more serious uh, part of the story is that there's no evidence, according to E! Online, there's no evidence of that Eminem goes on vacation. However, several sites <laughs> suggest that the star <laughs> takes mini vacations while on tour. <laughs> so anyone who wants to catch the star kicking back could try hitting nearby vacation spots when he comes to your town. Okay, so when he's here... I guess you could probably hit some nearby vacation spots, like in, I guess, well, Detroit. Duluth. Yeah, I don't know. I oh saw him God. on vacation earlier today. He was in fucking Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, and he was really upset, and he was wearing a visor. The top of his head was getting sunburned. Mm. Um, M&M's favorite food is tacos. According to Food Beast, he has an, quote, irrational Taco Bell addiction. That news comes from <laughs> rapper Tony Yayo, who has worked in close quarters with Eminem? Yayo Hold says, on. "Sorry, so yes. this this implies that there is a rational Taco Bell addiction <laughs> out there." <laughs> I guess I would say, like maybe if you had it once a week, that's rational. Apparently, it's irrational, as Yayo says, "quote Every time we are around M and you backstage, there's like Taco Bell everywhere." Shout out to Taco Bell, but sometimes you want something different. So to this, I looked up videos. <laughs> Of Eminem eating Taco Bell, and I found one of him in the year 2000 of him eating Taco Bell with none other than old, old person, someone who's even older than us, Kurt Loder. <laughs> oh, no. Kurt Loder is, like, literally the same age as Meatloaf. R.I.P. I know. It's very strange. Kurt Loder is... When I found out how old that Kurt Loder was in his 70s, I, I, nearly, caught, I nearly caught a heart attack. I know. I nearly aged 30 years. <laughs> So anyway, then this is where it takes a sad turn. He became addicted to pills and booze and gained a ton of weight in the, oh, no. like, you know, mid-2000s. So poor Marshall is too fat for Levi's. This is, Marshall is too fat for Levi's. This comes from a 2008 article in the Daily Mail, which just, for anyone who didn't live through the early 2000s, for all our baby <laughs> listeners... Um, it was a time of deep, deep fat shaming. And this article is horrible, but it was so fucking funny the way it was written. I have to just read it to you. Deeply depressed rapper Eminem has become a virtual recluse, comfort eating his way towards obesity. The one skinny slim shady who spent four days in hospital over Christmas. Also, I hate how like European or British people say spent four days in hospital instead of the hospital. It's just, I don't understand it. So anyway. The you ones, hate it? I, don't, I hate it. I don't get why they say in hospital instead of in the hospital. They're, it's just like, doesn't sound right to me. They also say on holiday. I know, they're freaks. Okay. The one skinny <laughs> slim shady who spent four days in hospital over Christmas 
suffering from pneumonia and suspected heart problems, is just five feet seven inches tall and has ballooned up to 14.5 stone. Which, which is I don't know what that 240 is. pounds. How do they know how much he weighs? I don't know, but why did they use inches and then stone? Why did they use centimeters? This whole article is very confusing. His family and friends fear his massive weight gain is causing him long-term health woes, but the deeply distressed star refuses to stop eating. <laughs> They're like, you need to literally starve yourself or else. And he's like, no, where's my Crunchwrap Supreme? Eminem, who once boasted of his love for ecstasy and Vicodin painkillers, survives on a diet of calorie-busting Mexican takeaways and heart-clogging filet mignon steak. Calorie-busting? <laughs> filet mignon steak? Also, did they just call Taco Bell a Mexican takeaway? Those they sure did. Randy Brits? <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> <laughs> this article is written by fucking William Shakespeare. He thinks nothing of eating the same food day in, day out, ordering from a nearby posh restaurant and paying for his armies of hangers on. So we're okay. 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 Sorry. I have to clarify. This man was ordering filet mignon to the hospital. Yeah. His hospital room was just full of filet mignon steak and Mexican takeaway. I just feel like, okay. And I could be wrong. Cause I'm not really a big red meat person but do you mm -hmm. want to get filet mignon like delivered that's exactly what i thought i was like could <laughs> you think of a worse thing to get delivered except for like a baked alaska french fries <laughs> yeah um, that's pretty whack too but um okay so he's let his blonde hair grow out so everything but the ends are dark his face is broken out in pimples and he's put on so much weight that he's causing all sorts of health problems for himself he this orders is so mean it's so cruel, and I'm I'm only rereading it because it's so absurd, not because I agree with it, Eminem. I'm on your side. He orders filet mignon takeout from an expensive restaurant almost every evening. I dread no, we to know. think. You said we got eight it. Times article. This is like the worst article. <laughs> I dread to think what his bills are. He pays for everyone around the house. His mom be believes he's becoming like Elvis Presley. The star has constantly been compared to to it for taking the music of poor black singers and turning it mainstream every wow. day. Ice cold. Um, really, truly. So then it goes on to insult Elvis Presley saying the grossly obese Presley retreated behind <laughs> oh the gates God. of his Graceland mansion <laughs> surrounded by a Memphis mafia of hangers on who catered to his every whim. He died of a heart attack at age 42. Jesus um, Christ. Okay. So when Eminem finally decided to clean up his act, he calls Elton John. Um, and he's like, how do I stop eating filet mignon? Help he's me. Like, he's like, <laughs> famously, <laughs> you have stopped eating filet mignon, Elton John. <laughs> and, then he, and then that's why Elton John wrote Someone Saved My Life Tonight. He was actually talking about himself. And, was, uh, okay, but why is this so British? Like, was he living in England? Like, why was he calling Elton John? And why was the Daily Mail Him and Elton John became really close after he was, like, the most homophobic person in human history. They decided <laughs> to become great friends. Because okay. the early 2000s, am I right? Okay, look. And yeah. then he has a comeback years later. This year, in fact, well, this past year, in fact, when he opens a restaurant, also oddly timed from the movie that he made <laughs> almost 20 years ago, <laughs> called Mom's Spaghetti, uh, which opens it just opened its blah, blah, blah. I can't talk today. What's wrong with my mouth? Which opened its doors on Wednesday, September 29th, 2021 in oh. Detroit, Michigan. Spooky. Spooky haunted spaghetti restaurant. 
And this is basically just a ripoff of Hulk Hogan's pasta mania, right? Exactly. And the whole goal that they said is for it to taste like they make it the day before and they reheat it because they want it to taste <laughs> like leftover spaghetti. And it's dry. It's very dry. There's not a lot of sauce on it. It's like a pound of spaghetti in a takeout container with dry meatballs, which also have no sauce on them. And what? a half a piece of white bread like Texas toast on top of that. Well, we used to eat spaghetti with white bread when I was a kid. So that I part, know, I understand. I'm not even against it. I'm not sure why there's a half of a piece, a full pound of spaghetti and a half a piece of bread. Well, it's Texas toast, so it's bigger than regular bread. It looks so. very thin and they eat <laughs> Why don't you just make a small thing? It looks so, so janky to put a half a piece of fucking toast in there. That's all I'm saying. Do you have like an Italian accent now? What's going on? Yeah, I'm talking about spaghetti. So I moved into my Long Island accent. It comes out when I talk about Italian food. You know what I mean? Oh my God, I got a ghoul. I got a ghoul. It's a fun ghoul. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, look. Now, Mom Spaghetti is named for the first verse of Lose Yourself, a single written for the movie Eight Mile No Shit that sold more than 10 million copies. Uh, and that was in 2004. Again, to remind you, he's opened this restaurant 17 years later. I just wrote after that just simply why. Um, so then this article goes on to say the lyrics are imbued. This is in the New York times with a nauseating do or die dread. Our protagonist is locked in a bathroom, drenched in sweat, watching (laughs) off a regurgitated wad of pasta clinging to his hoodie, knees weak, arms heavy. There's vomit on a sweater already. Mom spaghetti. We already said that earlier. Um, most of the E's on the menu are backwards. Like it is an Eminem's name. There's a Ooh. smattering of like Eminem merch similar to at uh, whatever the Kevin Costner experience was at his restaurant. Uh, I don't remember. Remember we did the, it's in South Dakota. He had a like restaurant and casino, but it closed. But apparently they had a delicious bison burger and there was all kinds of <laughs> Kevin Costner merch everywhere around it. Not just from <laughs> Dances with Wolves, but from other movies he was in, like the peach from the bodyguard, the hard, hard peach from the bodyguard. Anyway, so he's got a bunch of shit around here, and they say the real piece de resistance was at the back, the Robin costume from the music video, Without Me, encased in glass. The sound of the soundtrack to a year I turned 10, seeing the relic of it up close felt like being at the Louvre. (laughs) Was this still the New York Times? Yes. Okay, wow. At the Louvre? Yeah, yes. So then he goes, the author, the journalist goes on to interview a few people. He interviews a person named Morgan Martin, 28, says that Eminem's 2010 album Recovery got stuck in her car's CD player when she was in high school. For 10 <laughs> years, she exclusively listened to the record as she drove around Georgia. Her oh, friends no. claim the experience endowed her with the ability to rap with a near at perf- pitch perfect Eminem cadence. Quote, I've gotten a new car since that connects to Bluetooth. So now I'm learning more of his work. <laughs> <laughs> because I only listen to music in my car. <laughs> Her friend and dinner date, Kayleen Hame, 27, was not a, not um, apprised of the plan. I didn't know this was Eminem's restaurant, she said from across the table. I just saw they had vegan meatballs. <laughs> but, okay. Her dinner companion didn't know that they were going to Eminem's restaurant despite the fact that her friend had it stuck in her CD player for 10 years? It's exactly. like a crazy coincidence? Yep. That's exactly Whoa. right. Um, <clears throat> so Mr. Catilio, who is the restaurant's uh, manager and operator, says that Mom's Spaghetti is planning on expanding its menu soon. There will be bolognese sauce from a recipe that Mr. Mathers has taste tested himself. 
Okay. He tasted it. Great. And I'm going to leave you with a disturbing fact about Eminem, which is that his favorite movie of all time is super bad. His friend Jonah Hill admitted that he quotes scene from, scenes from the movie to him all the time. <laughs> and they're still friends. I just can't imagine how uncomfortable that would be, but <laughs> it's your life, Jonah Hill. Do what uh, you want to do. Yeah. I can't tell yeah. you who to sock it to. That's true. All okay. right. Let's finish up quick because I got to go to work. Great, but let's do it. Top three favorite bands with or musicians with food names of all time? Yeah, so mine are um, Buck Cherry, Eagle Eye Cherry, and Get the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. <laughs> you are, this sounds like cherry propaganda. <laughs> sounds like somebody's working for Big Cherry. Mine are the Smashing Pumpkins, Fiona Apple, and Ice Cube. That's very nice. Mine are more um, realistic. I know you don't like any of those bands. But Cherry is them. the greatest band of all time. Get the fuck out of here. That is not true. What is their song? Is that Are they the ones that have like the I Love the Cocaine song? I, love I was thinking cocaine. about uh, Save Tonight, but that's Eagle Eyed Cherry. But that's my second one on the, che- on the list. <laughs> but also like Eagle Eyed Cherry like is kind of like rock and roll royalty. So we can actually like him if we want to. Yeah. Who is Eagle Eyed Cherry? His dad and sister are music musicians. 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 Any relation to Ben Affleck, our the greatest musician ever to live? <laughs> uh, the greatest yeah. rapper alive, Ben Affleck. <laughs> Don Cherry is his dad, a um, jazz musician, um, and then his sister is also a musician, and then Buck Cherry. Did sing I Love the Cocaine, I believe. Hold on. We must find out. You and me both, Buck. Just kidding. (laughs) Don't do drugs. Fuck Cherry. Fuck Cherry? Fuck Cherry is the spinoff band that just sings all dirty. Well, there's no time to find out, but do your own research at home, people. Did Buck Cherry, in fact, sing that wonderful song about cocaine? Who knows? This is more on the next episode. (laughs) Say Halloween. I said, call in. Don't talk over me. Is the I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't help it. There's a delay. And also, I'm rude. And I love um, the sound of my own voice. Okay, well, we have to go because I got to go to my job. Okay, I'm sorry I was so late. Um, hasta la pasta. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.